Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories. Wise tales from storytellers around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? Ooh, it's July. Yippee! Holidays and time off with the family beckon. I wonder if you'll have a bit more time to spend on our colouring book or to draw us a picture of your favourite story or even do some of our word puzzles. Our current theme is trickster stories. Today's story is told by Jason Buck, who does a rather brilliant impression of a giant. The tale is called The Brave Little Tailor. Have you ever had to be brave? I had to be brave once when I was walking along a footpath in a field and some young bulls on the other side decided to play a game of chase with me. Eh! Before we begin, I wonder if you can think of a time when you were brave. It might have been listening to one of our scary stories. I wonder which of our stories you find the scariest. Can you have a little think about that while we have a quick word with the grown-ups? Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I wonder when you had to be brave. It might have been when you broke your arm or something like that. Or it could have been listening to the ghost of the bloody finger or Baba Yaga or the whistling giants on super great kids stories. Or it might have been listening to one of our super great scary stories like Taizan and the Shining Fish or Molly and the Skeleton. Now, it's time for this story which was collected by the Grimm's brothers hundreds of years ago in Germany. And you might be glad to know that this story is not scary. Here's Jason. I've got a story for you today that is one that I used to enjoy when I was young. It was in a book of fairy stories, and I remember the beautiful pictures, and I loved to sit there, turning the pages, reading the words, or having them read to me, and looking over the pictures again and again and again. The name of this story is The Brave Little Tailor. Now, do you know what a tailor is? If you don't, I shall tell you. Long before the times when you could go into shops and buy clothes off the hangers, people used to make their own clothes, and there were some people who were so good at making clothes that they would make them for other people, and people would pay them to make the clothes, and those people would be called tailors. And in the olden days, before electric lights were a thing, a tailor might sit in their window of their shop, using the light from the day and the light from the sun to sit there and sew by hand, cutting out all the pieces of cloth, all the right shapes, all the right fits, and sitting there and pinning them together, and then taking a needle 
and passing the thread through that tiny eye of the needle, they would stitch in and out, in and out, and back and forth, stitching all the cloth together to make shirts or trousers or fabulous coats, wonderful dresses, enormous and extraordinary outfits, or just something you need to wear day to day. This story starts with a tailor who was sitting in his window, sitting cross-legged, on his lap, he had some pieces of cloth, and he was sitting there, humming away to himself, stitching the cloth together, and making a suit of clothes for a fine gentleman who had paid him to do so. He sat close to the window to get the best of the light, so that he could see what he was doing. It was fine work, and the needle went in and out and in and out and back and forth. But it was also hard work as well, sitting there crouching over the cloth. And when he heard someone outside in the street... Somebody selling jam, lovely jam, tasty jam, very cheap and very tasty. He thought to himself, do you know what? I think I'll take a bit of a break. I might get some of that jam and have some jam on bread and butter. So out he went into the street and found the woman who was selling the jam. She gave him a spoonful to try and, ooh, it was delicious. Strawberry jam, his favourite, my favourite is raspberry jam. Do you have a favourite jam? Anyway, the tailor's favourite jam was strawberry jam, and this jam was delicious. It was sweet and full of chunks of strawberries. And he paid the woman and took the jam back to his shop and sat in his window and spread it thickly on some bread and butter. Oh, delicious! There he was, taking a break from his work, munching the jam on the bread, when suddenly he noticed some annoying flies. It's not only people that like jam, other creatures like jam as well. Anteaters, dogs, but also flies. And there were flies buzzing round and round him, and he tried to waft them away with his hands, and he swung his hand this way and that way, and they would fly away and fly back again. Until he got so cross, he picked up a piece of cloth and whipped it through the air. And he killed seven flies with just one blow. Well, he looked down at the little dead flies and thought, well, they won't be causing any nuisance or sticking their little sticky feet in my jam anymore. In fact, he was so impressed that he had killed seven flies in one go that he decided to make himself a belt to show off the fact, to commemorate the wonderful day when he killed seven flies in one blow. He made himself a belt from cloth. He was a tailor, he was very good at it. It was a fine and wonderful belt, and then with a needle and thread and in gorgeous colours of golds and reds and yellows and greens, he embroidered letters on it that said, Seven in one blow, killed seven in one blow. He didn't put the bit about it was flies. He thought everyone would probably know, and if they asked he could always tell them. And at the end of the day, once he'd finished his work, and he'd finished his bread and jam, he went out into the street, wearing his new belt, and as he swaggered down the street, with his hands on his hips, with his coat pulled back, showing off his belt, people read it, and they said, oh, Killed seven in one blow! He must be a mighty warrior to have killed seven men in one blow! Oh, goodness me, of course they didn't realise it was flies. They didn't think anyone would have put killing flies on a belt. But this tailor was so proud, he wore that belt and out into the street he went, and people thought that he had killed seven men in one blow. It must have been a great battle, they thought. 
The tailor swaggered along, making sure that everyone could read his belt. Killed seven in one blow. Now it came to pass that a giant was bothering the countryside close by. He was stealing the sheep and breaking open the barns and digging up the fields and taking all the farmer's goods and rooting up the crops and gobbling them all up. <laughs> Something had to be done. But the bravest of knights and the bravest of heroes had gone and the giant had beaten them back with his club. Now when the mayor of that town heard about this great new hero that the tailor of the town had killed seven men in one blow, well, he thought, this is an opportunity. I'll get the tailor to go and deal with the giant. Now when the tailor was asked to go and deal with the giant because he had clearly killed seven men in one blow, he felt more than a little bit foolish to admit that it was actually only flies. Still, he felt he had got himself into this little pickle and he would get himself out. He was clever and he was smart and what he lacked in strength he made up for doubly in brains. On the morning he decided to go to see the giant, he wondered how he would deal with him. And thinking about this, he packed himself some lunch. He packed himself a nice bit of cheese to take with him. Now this isn't the kind of ordinary hard cheese like cheddar cheese, or not even the soft cheese like brie or camembert that's all squidgy. This was cottage cheese. Do you know what cottage cheese is? Well, if you don't, I shall tell you. Cottage cheese is quite delicious, but it is quite soft and lumpy, and you can spread it on bread or toast. You can have it as part of a salad. But in those days, they didn't have plastic boxes for carrying soggy things in. Instead, the little tailor, he wrapped this rather soggy but delicious cheese in several layers of cloth and popped it in one pocket of his coat. Off he went through the town and out into the countryside. And as he was going out into the countryside, he heard a little sound next to him. In a hedge there was a... It was the sound of a bird tweeting, but it was very close by. And when he went up to the sound, he found that it was a bird that had got trapped and tangled in the thorns of the hedge. And very carefully, very gently, he picked the bird out from between the twigs and held it in his cupped hands, warming it up as it had got so cold and so tired. And to make sure it was safe, he popped it in his other pocket. He had big pockets on his coats, big enough for a lot of cottage cheese, and big enough to keep a small bird warm and safe. Finally, he found the place where the giant lived. There was the giant snoozing under a tree. It was huge. He lay there with his back against the tree, with his great big belly rising and falling as he snored. <coughs> Next to him, leaning up against the tree, was a club. A club made from a huge branch of a tree, something that was taller than the tailor himself, but clearly something that the giant could hold and wield in one hand. Now the tailor thought, and he wondered what to do, and then decided to leave it to luck. Hey, giant, he called out. Wake up! Wake up, you great big snoring monstrosity! <laughs> what? 
What? said the giant, waking up, his beard bristling, and his huge chest rising, and his tummy vibrating. Who dares wake me from my sleep? It's me, said the tailor. The giant had stood up. He looked around. He couldn't see anybody. The tailor was so small compared to him that he hadn't noticed he was there. I'm down here, cried the tailor. And the giant stared down. What do you want, little man? I've come here to challenge you to a contest of strength, called the tailor. <laughs> oh, how funny the giant thought that was. How funny that such a little man could challenge him, a giant, to a contest of strength. Very well, then, said the giant. Shall we fight? I have a better idea, said the tailor. If we fought, I'd only end up killing you, and that would be a shame. I'm sure you can be useful somewhere else. I will challenge you to a contest of strength, and if you win, you can bash me into the ground with your club like a tent peg. But if I win, you have to leave this area and never come back. Very well, said the giant. What do you suggest? I suggest, said the tailor, thinking, I suggest we see who can squeeze the most water out of a stone. What? said the giant. You can't squeeze water from a stone. Can't you? said the tailor. Well, I can. Go and find a stone, one as big as your hand, and I'll find one as well. And while the giant was off finding a stone as big as his hand, which to you and me would be a boulder the size of our bodies, the tailor carefully got the package of cottage cheese out from his pocket and wrapped it up so that it looked just like a stone in his hand. When the giant came back, the tailor said, Go on then, let's see how much water you can squeeze. Well, the giant put his hands together and he heaved and he squeezed and he squashed, but nothing came out. There, you see, said the giant, no water. Oh yes, I do see, said the little tailor. Let me have a go. Here's my stone. And there in his hand was the cloth wrapped package of cottage cheese. Now the tailor made a big show of huffing and puffing and panting, and he squeezed and he squashed. But because it was cottage cheese, all the water squished out and came through the fabric of the cloth and dripped down between his fingers, and the giant looked on, amazed. There we go, said the tailor, squishing all the water from the cottage cheese. That's how much water I can squeeze from a stone. I am far stronger than you, said the tailor. Well, the giant was amazed, but... Well, perhaps you are, but perhaps you're not. One more try. Very well, said the tailor. I know. How high can you throw a stone? I can throw it to the clouds and above. Show me, said the tailor. And the giant bent down and picked up a stone and he threw it into the air. He threw it up and up and up with all his might and the stone got smaller and smaller and smaller. And, but you could see from down on the ground the clouds went Poof, and opened up as the stone went through and then <whistles> down it came boink, onto the ground. Well, that is impressive, said the tailor. That was very high and you're right, up as high as the clouds. Go on then, little man. Let's see how you do now, said the giant. Now the tailor 
put his hand into his other pocket, and instead of pulling out a stone, can you remember what was in there? Yes, the little bird that he had rescued from the hedge. And he made a great show of searching around on the floor for stones, but instead of picking up a stone, he just kept that little bird in his hands. And then he made a great show of twirling and whirling his arms as if he was ready to throw something off to the moon and back. Round and round and round went his arm, and whoom! Up went what the giant thought was the stone, but what the tailor and you and I know was actually a little bird. The giant watched what he thought was a stone going up and up and up and up and up and up. But it never came down and down and down and down and down and down and down. It had gone up to the sky and never come down. There, said the tailor, I've thrown a stone so high that it has never come back to the ground. Ah, said the giant, you do appear to be incredibly strong. Very well, then, I will not risk a fight with you. Be gone, said the tailor. Be gone, be gone, be gone, and never come back again. And so the giant turned around and picked up his club and galumphed off through the forest. Stamp by stamp by stamp as he went, until the forest was quiet and there was no more sign of the giant and he never came back again. Well, the tailor, he went back to the town and the mayor met him and he dusted off his hands and he said, you will have no more trouble from giants. Hooray, cried the mayor. Hooray, cried the entire town. The tailor was given a reward of lots of gold and as much jam as he could eat, and all just for one belt that simply said, killed seven in one blow. Thank you. Oh, and thank you, Jason, for that story. I think jam is a lovely present, especially when it's homemade. I hope that Taylor shared some of his jam and bread with the little bird who helped him win the bet. Now, it's time to have a dig into my bag of happies and say a big thank you to some owlets who've been hopping into our nest and supporting our podcast. And hello to new outlets in London, Josephine, who is seven, and her sister Mary, who is two. And and hello to seven-year-old Sequoia from Victoria in Australia. And staying in Australia, and hello to Batu, who is five, and to his little brother Matteo, who is almost two. And and hello to Suleiman and his brother Abdul Rahman, who have been owlets for nearly a year. Suleiman joined when he was living in Canada, but he's now moved with his family to Kuwait. They often listen on the way to school. Go, boys, go. And to Nora, who is seven and a half. Nora is also lucky to have lived in two very different places. She's living in Arizona now, but was born on the island of Hawaii. Nora likes the Anansi stories best. She asks if we could have a shark story. Well, Nora, that's a bit of homework for me there. I haven't 
yet come across any traditional shark stories, but I'll keep looking. And thanks to Tia and Baby Hamster in Great Britain for your kind reviews on Apple Podcasts. Baby Hamster loves Stickwoman and is a big Toop fan. Thank you for your reviews. I wonder if you've tried telling the Stickwoman story, Baby Hamster. It's a good one to practice for your storytelling. And thanks so much to all of you who sent in amazing drawings and pictures of our stories. We don't have time on the podcast to mention all of you, but we'll post all the pictures you send on our Facebook page to share with other story fans. Here are my picks of pictures for this week. Thanks to six-year-old Rosa, who has drawn and sent in beautiful fairy pictures from the story La S'more and the Gift from the Fairies. I love all your fairies wearing different outfits and Lusmore looking very smart in his new suit and hat, given to him by the fairies. They all look so light and delicate with their tiny wings and happy faces. Super great. Thank you, Rosa. And brothers Ellis and Rory have been busy together colouring in the pictures in the Super Great Kids colouring book. What a clever idea for Rory to choose the colours and Ellis to do the colouring. Teamwork makes the dream work. I wonder if you were listening to the stories at the same time as you coloured. And Amari from White Salmon in Washington in the US has sent in three pictures of our stories. I love the way you've drawn selfish Nora from the story Nora and the Aki Fruit in Jamaica, with her standing in the river as the water gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and all because she wouldn't share just one of her Aki Fruits. It's such a colourful drawing with the orange riverbank and the bright red fruits. Thank you for sharing these, Amari. That's it for this week. If you'd like to see some of these super great drawings, they're on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash super great kids stories. Do send in your pictures for us to share on Facebook with other story lovers. If you'd like to send a picture, either attach it to our Facebook Messenger or scroll to the bottom of our website at supergreatkidsstories.com. We're sorry we can't mention them all, but we can tell you they are all super great. And if you're a subscriber and haven't yet found the Owlet Club, either look in our Patreon channel or look in groups on our Facebook page and ask to be let in. If you'd like to see the film of our recent show with Toop, Kate and me, it's available now. Just go to our website at supergreatkidstories.com and follow the links to start watching. You'll be joining in and singing along in no time. Meanwhile, keep telling your stories and singing your songs. See if you can find an easy story to tell and surprise someone in your family by telling them your version of it. See you soon. This story was recorded at Wardour Studios in London.